Mr. Woods, I just have, I just, I just ask you for one thing, man. One Talk thing. Just please beat Green Bay. Please, please. <laughs> That's all we ask for on this show. That's it. All right. Here we go. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast coming at you live on Twitch at Chicago for Real Twitch channel. Yeah, that's how that works, right? And Bears Nation podcast for the third week, third episode on the Chicago for Real Twitch channel. And we actually, you know, we're not going to sing dance about diplomas or the basketball tournament or whatever. We got a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about this week. A lot of stuff to talk about. As always, I am your host, Jake Hassan, joined always by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nano to break down everything that has happened in the last week, trades, potential trades, press conferences, which we actually, I guess we have more to talk about than I originally thought, but was all in the same framework of what I thought was going to happen. And what I told you not to, you know, toot my own horn or anything, cause we would never do that on this show. Uh, but we were basically right about what you were going to hear from that press conference. So uh, go back, check the tapes, check the receipts, but Hello to all the live listeners in the Twitch channel. As always, your comments are always welcome. I don't have any apologies that I need to give out this week, so that's nice. We're starting clean, fresh. The viewers and the commenters are we're all on the same page. We're good. And you know, nobody's got beef. We're good. It's fine. So drop the comments. We will get them thrown up on the screen and we will talk about them as long as they're reasonable and they're not Mitch Trubisky. Patrick Mahomes related questions because we're over that. You know, we don't need that anymore. We let it slide the first two weeks, but we're about the future here. We're about the future here. Bears Nation podcast on Chicago for Real Twitch channel. Fellas, I mean, we might as well start with the press conference. Uh, you know, we teased it a little bit in that open. Uh, and by we, I mean me. But, I mean, let's talk about it. I mean, talk about the things that were said in that press conference. Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, essentially doubled down on any Dalton. I mean, we knew this was going to – I mean, what are they going to say? Oh, never mind. We changed their mind a week later. Obviously, that was uh, – that was they were going to double down Andy's QB1, of course. Nick Foles is the backup. He's fine with that. Of course he is. He's getting paid a lot of money to sit there and hold a clipboard. I would be very fine with that as well. But uh, I think we should talk about what the main headline is from that press conference. And Matt Nagy is taking the plays back. <laughs> Matt Nagy is taking the play calling back. Uh, he is going to be running the offense in – a so a stunning turn of events that I'm sure nobody saw coming in a world where you're on the hot seat, your job is on the line. Of course, you're going to be the one that is driving the clown car. Of course, you're going to want to be in that position. That that makes the most sense. You're not going to have someone else, you know, drive the horse. You know, it's it's your job, and you're going to try and save it because, of course. Matt Nagy knows all. Matt Nagy is the one in charge. Of course, he's going to lead them back to the playoffs. Um, more than likely, you're getting a sub-500 record. The thing with this is we knew this happened. I believe that Bill Lazor took the play calling. I believe that lasted for two games. I, by, we, by the playoffs, it was very evident that Matt Nagy was calling the plays again. Uh, so I don't think much, nothing's changed. Folks, get ready for more screen passes. Get ready for more runs from somebody who shouldn't be from Ryan Nall on third and one mm -hmm. get ready for Ryan Nall. He doesn't deserve this, but get ready for all the stuff that infuriates you get ready for the screenplays on third and 15 that go nowhere. It's going to be absolutely infuriating, but it's a move. I think we all saw coming. I'm not surprised. 
I'm surprised. I, I I didn't see it coming. I mean, it's it's okay. Maybe I'm not surprised. Maybe I'm not surprised. I shouldn't be surprised. But th- what this means is that the belief inside Hallis Hall is that who is the issue all along? Who is the one guy that's not there anymore? Mm-hmm. And now it's who's oh, your oh now that he's gone, who's your scapegoat? It's 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 obvious. I mean, it, it, the belief all throughout last year, we have every, every piece of evidence in the world to know that all along it was hey, the reason we are not. What we can be is not because of Matt Nagy, but it's because of Mitch Trubisky. Yet, which which really, quite frankly, makes no sense. It makes no sense at all because, okay, you want to find evidence where that's not true. Take six games. Take more than that. Take all of the games that Foles played, and I can give you that sample size and show you that and tell you right then and there that that is not true. Because, okay, you, did, you said, okay, in week three, we'll make Mitch Trubisky the scapegoat, and we'll get rid of him. And it worked for a quarter because for one quarter, the offense was phenomenal, and Nick Foles looked great. And then for the following seven games, it looked like garbage. And then he finally, he finally somehow swallowed his pride and said, okay, Bill Lazor, go ahead. And I know they played the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans, but in consecutive weeks, that was the best the Bears offense had looked in five or six years. Five or six years. We were, you guys remember the statistics? They were on an incredible scoring run. It was They were one of the first teams to score 30-plus points in four consecutive games since 1985 for the Bears. I mean, it was it was amazing. So I don't – I, I just, I, I, it's, it's, is it selfishness? Is it egotistical? I don't, I, I really don't know what it is. Chris, you're nodding your head. I mean, that's really the only explanation. It's, it's been a common theme for him in his tenure is just, he, he's just too selfish. He's too egotistical to swallow his pride and, and say that he's the problem. He can't do it. He cannot admit it. Yeah. No, I mean, 100%. I, I don't know what else you can really attest it to. Um, and, and, you know, like, Let's let's bring this back a little bit. So, you know, when Matt Nagy arrived in Chicago, the whole everything was about how he's just this genius and how he's going to get the most out of Mitch Trubisky, this and that. And it's like like you look back at it now and and then you you hear about this play calling thing about how he's taking it back. Like, I I just think he's trying to live up to that. Like, I genuinely think he's trying to live up to that and he doesn't want that. You know, like everyone held him as a genius and he's been everything but that. So, I mean, like, you know what I mean? I, I think it is a bit egotistical. Um, but then again, like, I, I don't blame him. Like, I, I don't. Like, he's in a weird spot himself, you know? So, I, you know, look, what we do know about this after hearing this is that now there's no more excuses. You can't blame Mitch Trubisky. All right. And, and, and I don't want to hear anything uh, but about Chris, But Chris, but Chris, don't you think they'll blame Dalton, though? I mean, they're going to go ahead and say, well, Dalton's just not the guy. You know what I mean? I feel like it's going to continue. Sorry, I just had to say, well, you know? But that's the thing. So, like, okay, let's say let's say that does happen and they do blame Dalton. Then then I think you just send everybody packing. Pace, Nagy, everybody has to go. Because at that point, like, how many times are you going to keep going with this type of QB and then be like, oh, well, we don't have the well, QB? Well, that's the thing. That's why they brought – that's why they signed Dalton. That's why he took the play call because – you know, if somebody else is calling the plays, then he's going to get another year and he's going to say, okay, but also you don't want to put the fate of your job in someone else's hands. You, you don't want to give the play calling to bill laser and then it crashes and burns, which I mean, it probably would regardless. And then you say, okay, well, if I had been in that situation, I would have made it, I would have made it better. So yeah, of course there's going to be excuses regardless. There's always going to be, but I do agree. I, he feels the heat of the seat. He knows what's going on. He knows this is his last shot. They handpicked this. They handpicked Andy Dalton from free agency. 
And so now he's saying, okay, I handpicked him. Okay, now I can use the full field. Okay, now I can take deep shots. Okay, so this is my guy. I'm going to take the play calling because now I can call the now I can call the plays how I want to call them. So I mean, it just it's just it, it's what I said earlier. Like I, I saw it coming because you just knew he was going to want to be in control of his own fate. He wanted to be in control of his own destiny. I mean, yeah, Nagy is proving he yeah. really wants to be an OC. That makes sense. I mean, that's what he was in Kansas City, and he wants to get back to that. It makes sense to do that. And so, I mean, it's not going to be great, I don't think, unless something dramatically changes. But I mean, they have the they they have the newer. I don't want to say newer, but another year of Darnell Mooney, another year of David Montgomery, a pissed off Allen Robinson who wants to earn a new contract, and now an offensive line that showed potential last year and now gets James Daniels back. And now you're probably taking another offensive lineman if you stay where you're at in the draft, and we'll get to that later. But a draft that's deep in offensive line talent regardless. So it doesn't move the needle for me as far as confidence no. goes. Like I, I'm it, still it move, No, it moves the needle. Well, it moves the needle this way. It moves well, the needle no, the wrong way. Well, that's what I mean. I don't, it doesn't move it either direction for me because I don't really think – like my confidence level – was the same with Bill Lazor anyway. I, I wasn't confident. Like I disagree. It, there it is. This, <laughs> this is my favorite image. Be you oh, guys. Man. Be you. Don't forget. You see if he's got a million plays on this. There's a play sheet displayed on the screen now. He's got a million plays on there, well, and he runs. He runs three of them in the same in the same. Well, sequence. maybe that's the problem. Maybe he's looking at the wrong side of the sheet the whole time. No, maybe, I, I, maybe maybe we just need someone to point out the correct <laughs> side of the sheet. And say, Matt, you're looking at you're looking at the wrong sheet. You're looking at the practice sheet. You're not looking at the game sheet. I don't know. I mean, and see, already the excuses have started. We're making jokes, which are a form of excuses, honestly. Like it's it's just what I mean. We'll see what else happens in this offseason, who else they bring in and where else they go. But I mean, right now, Jake, it doesn't matter who else, I see at this point. I don't right, think it well, matters who they like, bring in. If we if right. we don't if we don't believe he's had the competence to call plays correctly, then you're wasting talent. Like we, our next topic is going to be Anthony Miller. Is he not the perfect example of that? Like he's the perfect example of a player who we thought had a lot of talent. Who yes, okay, the quarterback situation was was part of it for him, and he's got sort of a. I'm not going to say he has a low football IQ, but those some instances of that are some of the reasons he hasn't had success. But he's another one of those guys that falls into the category of mass talent isn't in the right system. Is it being used correctly in the right scheme? So yeah. like that, like, you know, and, and that's where I'll throw the question to you. And I want to address this when Jake said this is like, who would you like, if we, if the season started today, you're telling me you wouldn't rather want to have Bill laser calling plays. I mean, at least it's something new. At least we saw well, a little see, bit of well, what he can okay, do. So, right? so to circle back to your point earlier, Kevin, if we saw the stats, we have to remember who those stats were against. And then what happened when you played the Saints well, in the playoffs. Okay. Like, but the, the Jake, but the thing is though, the Bears previously were not doing, we're not having success against teams of that rank. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, like sure it matters, but you look at previous samples and you could see them having zero success against teams who were ranked 31st. So I don't care whether it's 31, 32. Yes, those things are important. But at the time when that happened, it was just, I don't care who's against. The fact that they had success against anybody was what was important. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I, <clears throat> you know, the, the one thing about Matt Nagy it, it, for me is just that, like, I don't even think he's a terrible – like, I don't think – I think he's he's okay with play design. I think, you know, he, he's he's shown that, you know, he's done some good things with play design. He's schemed guys open, you know. I wish it would be more consistently, but, you know, he's done it before. My thing is, on, on a more, like, specific scale, like, anytime 
anytime somebody figures out what Matt Nagy is trying to do and adjusts, Matt Nagy exactly. can't back. He just can't. The, like the game plan is done, and the Bears are probably not going to do much more th- for, for the rest yep. of the game. Like, mm-hmm. and that's always. And I, I don't know what that comes down to. I don't know like why that is, but like I, that's one thing that I've noticed, and and it's something that I hope that they can you know kind of clean up, try to figure out how to adjust back. I mean, collaboration, right? Like, let's figure right. it out. Yeah, collaboration until it's okay. My job's on the line, so I'm going to take yeah. full control again. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever. If, if he goes back, if suddenly he miraculously goes back to the 2018 play calling, where you have these Santa Slay and these and these trick plays that actually work, and you're not just doing screen passes and weird runs up the middle with people who shouldn't be running the ball, great, awesome. We'll we'll be singing his praises a year from now. But how likely is that? Not great. Yeah, the Bears just. There was no adjustments, and not even halftime. Any any yeah. adjustments at all as the game went on? As soon as an adjustment was made by the opposing team, it seemed like he threw in the towel. To- in the towel, and it was okay. Panic. Let's go back to the extreme basics. Rip it down to the studs for the rest of the game. No matter what point in the game that was, if they ma- if the opposing team made a counter punch on defense, mm-hmm. it was basics. We're ripping it down to the studs, and we're gonna hope it works. Yeah. And and it was also it was also adjustments game to game, guys. You remember 2019 when this man would come up to the podium consecutive games in a row, saying, "What you know, we understand, we need to run the ball more." And then the week after, he'd run the ball less. It's it's simple adjustments like that. He doesn't know how to adjust to adversity. He can't even do the simplest thing possible, which is literally just hand the ball off two more times, and you'll fulfill what you said in front of the media a day before. You know what I mean? It's not that difficult. Um. So yes, those in game adjustments are 100 true, but you can even look broader than that and the fact that you can look broader than that is is just beyond me chicago Perillo says then why is he our head coach couldn't tell you great Could question not tell you. i mean that's, that's a great question that bears fans have been trying to answer for the past you know five months or since four months now since they retained them and since they retained everybody and it's it's you know i don't know and, it, and i'd love to believe i'd love to believe and this is the whole problem the situation too. Is I'd love to believe that if he if he just does terrible, they'll burn it down. But I still don't have I still don't have full confidence that if he does not um, coach well, if he does not call plays correctly, that they're still gonna like we have mentioned already make excuses. That they're still gonna you know pin the blame on somebody else, and we're gonna go through the same cycle in January of 2020, 2022. You know what I mean? Like I have that impending fear um, because of the irrational uh, you know excuses that they make, and in this case, like it's right there for them. Like it's, it's, you know, you know that a year from now they could be saying, well, last year it was Andy Dalton. And that really just wasn't our guy. And, you know, we, we, we were hamstrung by Andy Dalton and, you know, it, it's, it's too obvious if, if they brought in a rookie, maybe not, but if the season started today and he was your quarterback, I mean, you know, his physical limitations are enough for them to make excuses there. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I get the whole thing about how, you know, Mitch Trubisky may not have been, Mitch Trubisky is not a good quarterback, so it's tougher on the coach, this and that, but like no one has ever told me what makes Matt Nagy this coach that people should be clinging on to and defending. Like I, I, that's one that's thing. That's the culture, I, Chris. I, I, I think, like, man, like you really stop and think about it and it's ridiculous. Like pe- literally this is how, this is how I see every argument defending Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy is a good head coach because Mitch Trubisky is a bad quarterback. Like it doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't work like that. And, and like, I get it. All right. He was the coach of the year, 2018, whatever. But I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like you've just gone backwards since then. And, and just, 
it's it's more so about how bad the offense has looked rather than just it being good or bad if you get what i'm saying like the scale mm-hmm. of how bad it's been it, it's 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 i mean it, it's shameful well- so th- that kind of circles back to what we mentioned earlier as far as player development or the lack thereof and the segue into our next topic. But, you know, Anthony Miller is now on the trade block. We knew that, you know, after the Saints game, we knew that was a thing. We knew once we knew once he got ejected from that Saints game, he was I mean, I was surprised his key card work the next day. I think I said that on our following episode that I, I was surprised that man was allowed in the building again. I'm not surprised that he is on the trade block. He's gone backwards significantly over the last two years since his rookie year. His rookie year, we had all the expectations of the world. He got what seven touchdowns. He was great. I mean, he looked like he was a second round pick that they traded up for. He looked like everything you wanted. He looked like him and Allen Robinson were going to be this great duo that you could build around and that you could continue to build chemistry with, with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. And then it all just, you know, last year, or not last year, two years ago, the year before the 2020 season, no, the 2019-2020 season, uh-huh. um, you know, he goes on this, he was okay, he was up and down his roller coaster, then he had a random hot streak from weeks like 10 to like 14, and even on the show, we said, okay, that's some serious potential, you can work with that, it's the second year, some struggles, okay, sophomore slump, adjustments, all right, his third year, which would have been the season that just ended, we'll see a real jump forward from him. We'll see a real coming out party where Anthony Miller makes himself an asset. Didn't happen, was an absolute liability, disappeared for most of the season. And then his his most notable contribution was in the Saints game when he got tossed and when you couldn't afford to lose any receivers because Darnell Mooney was hurt and you had guys injured. So it's bad. I, I don't, I, I don't blame the Bears for shopping him. You're not going to get nearly what you paid for him as far as draft capital. But, I mean, the, it, it, it makes sense. you got to clear him from that locker room. He's not – I'm sure he lost whatever friends he had when he got ejected from that game. He's clearly being, you know, written out of the play scheme, you know, with the emergence of Darnell Mooney, with the emergence of Cole Komet, with Jimmy Graham still being a reliable option. And then, you know, with whoever they draft and whoever else comes into that room – uh, I mean, Javon Wims was farther up on the play, on the depth chart than him when they tried to tried being the keyword to throw a touchdown to him in the playoff game. Anthony Miller is a non-factor. Uh, I'll be surprised if they get a sixth or seventh round pick from. I will be I'll be surprised if anyone gives them a pick. You know because no, they'll give Because otherwise, the Bears are probably going to release him. So you might as well wait. No. Mm. Well, yeah, you. Someone will trade for him. Somebody here's he gets released. No, no way. He gets traded. Because Jake and Chris, there's teams out. You guys know there's teams out there who are following the same line of thinking as the majority of people saying, well, this guy has been held back by his quarterback in his system. And we know he has the raw talent and the physical attributes are there. We can do something in our system and our quarterback. There's plenty of teams saying that. I guarantee it. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. Can I uh, can I throw something in real quick? I've got some stats for you. OK. EP Justin Kaufman, everyone. Yeah. All right. Here's Anthony Miller's stats from 2018, his rookie year. He was targeted 54 times. He caught 33 passes uh, for about a 12.8 yard average. Okay. Um, 420 yards or something like that. 2019, he was targeted 85 times and he caught 52 of them, only had 656 yards. Same, about the same 12.6 yards per catch. Last year, targeted 76 times, caught 49 balls. 485 yards his his average 9.9 per catch that's weak for a second like a number two receiver to have a 9.9 
I mean, you look at the number two receivers in the NFL, they're 17 yards, 18 yards, 16 yards. They're around that area to have nine, to only have a less than 500 yards and to have 9.9 uh, per catch. That's, that's gotta be the scheme. I mean, it's a scheme, right? Right. I mean, and, well, it's also, I mean, yeah, it's also that, and it's like we're talking about the regression. He just, he stepped back in the yardage and the touchdowns obviously went down every year as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the scheme as well. He got written out of the screen for sure. I mean, especially when you saw that when Darnell Mooney started to show himself as a reliable deep threat, he was the guy who was your number two then. Then, yeah, Anthony Miller became, you know, redundant to the scheme. You be Especially because considering where you were in the season, you were the Bears, you needed to make something work. You couldn't afford to scheme for Anthony Miller when you knew you had Darnell Mooney and something working with him. You couldn't afford to do that. They did it with Cole Komet. I would argue that it's easier to do that because it was a smaller role and you weren't looking. You know you know what I mean? Does that make sense to you guys, yeah. what I'm saying yeah. there? Like, yeah. like, so, I, I mean, it, it's just clear that Anthony Miller doesn't have a place on this team. They clearly do not believe in him. And, so, and you know, he didn't do himself any favors in that Saints game. So if somebody gives you a pick for him, great, awesome. I mean, and I'm sure, and I'm sure he's going to go to Seattle or New England or Tampa and be – fantastic and be awesome and we're going to be ripping our hair out and then we'll be stomping our feet about Matt Nagy again but I mean I, I I'm I'm willing to push the boat off on Anthony Miller I'm, I'm willing to let that ship sail I um you know I look I I'm, I know you guys may not disagree with this but I just don't see any real reason of getting to, to like get rid of him. Like I, I don't, I don't think he's as big of a, a locker room problem as, as people say. I, I like, I, I think that stuff is blown a little bit out of proportion and, and look, he messed up big time in that saints game, big time, big time, big time. But you know, like emotions get the best of you. Sometimes emotions get the best of you. It happens. And I, and I know they told, they, they reminded him like, you know, that's what Chauncey Gardner Johnson is going to be doing this and that. But you know what I mean? Like in the heat of the moment, that stuff's gonna happen. And like, let's let's weigh this a little bit. So, do we do we like? Are we all in agreement that Anthony Miller is a talented player? Maybe you know he hasn't been productive, but do you agree that he's talented? Yes, he has talented the raw player. tools. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, he's on the last year of his rookie deal. All right. Best case scenario, Anthony Miller. You know. Lives up to that potential. He has a great season, and you know maybe you can bring him back for cheap. All right, for cheaper. All right, and then it, you know what I mean. It, it's just there's like okay. So if no. if he if you bring in another receiver and Anthony Miller's still on the team, what's the worst that happens? Anthony Miller gets buried in the depth chart. Like that's yes. fine. That, that's okay. No, it's not fine because you can get a pick from him now. You can get a pick from him now. That's why you know why, why let him sit around. Look. Clearly, Chris, here, there's two two things. Number one, you are the resident Anthony Miller lover on this podcast. And as the resident Anthony Miller lover on the podcast, you should wish for him to be out of Chicago. Some players That's just true. need to change of scenery. That's true. This that man just true. needs a change of scenery. Change of scenery. It's all it is. And, and the second thing is the, the, the most productive we've seen him and his most crucial moments and clutch moments as a bear were with whom as the quarterback, aside from the Falcons touchdown, which was an incredible play. 
were with whom as the quarterback and in which time of the game. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky targeted Anthony Miller consistently on third down, was, was I believe, the most one of the most targeted receivers on third down in the NFL early on in the season that declined as of late because when, when Foles came in. But also late in the game, you go back to the Lions game at the, at the first game of this year, who is he throwing to down the stretch with the game on the line? Anthony Miller. You look at the Lions game two years ago, 2019-2020, who did he throw to twice on third and long with the game on the line? On I, I think that was on Thanksgiving. It might not have been Anthony Miller. He, the, he, he, the only time he benefited was from Mitchell Trubisky on third down. And in those clutch moments with that being gone now, I, I, I don't see any reason for him to, for him on his side to want to be there. And for the bears really to say, look, we need you here because of any sort of connection you may have with the quarterback or anything. I think it is totally best for him to go out. And the, the question I have for you, Chris is like, you mentioned him sticking around and yeah, like, you know, maybe you can get something out of him, but what do you lose from him going away? You don't lose anything, so you might as well get a pick from it. What do you lose from from him going away? What do I you mean, lose on the offense? Be real. What do you lose? I, I mean, I, I still believe that he's talented enough to be productive. Anthony Miller is, like, in my opinion, I don't think it's up for debate. I think Anthony Miller is insanely talented. Everything is just about being focused, staying focused. And that's something that, you know, like you guys kind of mentioned it, like if he doesn't figure it out, then I mean, he, that like productivity is not coming at all. So, uh, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, Kevin. Me personally, I would just let him ride out this last year and then just let him walk. If you know, if if, if you want to do that at the end. But I, I just I guess I see what you're saying. Like you're not necessarily losing much, um, but I honestly don't think you're gaining much either personally. Um, like, I, I don't think the pick you get back for Anthony Miller is going to be anything you're happy with. Like, you, when you, you're trading a second rounder for sixth rounder. Fifth. And that's the thing, Chris, though. They, the Bears all of a sudden have – I mean, if we get if, – if we got a sixth rounder from Anthony Miller, I, how many sixth rounders would we have? Can, can we just – I believe, I believe back that's three. It's I think three or believe, four. I think we would have more than that. I think we would have more. All of a sudden, you're okay. talking – yeah, thank you. All of a sudden, you're talking about a, a, a boatload of picks you can use to move up in the fourth round, in the fifth round, which we know Pace will do. We know it. You, I can tell so, you right now he's going to do it at one point. So, so here's my thing, too, is, you know, like you said, Chris, you're saying, all right, then let him walk. If you know you can get assets for him now, I would say you do that because what have we learned from Matt Nagy? When he doesn't trust you, you're, yeah, totally. you're not getting used. You're not – you're not getting – Mitch, Mitch Trubisky got sent out to pasture basically because Matt Nagy didn't trust him. Matt Nagy didn't trust him to use the whole field, didn't trust him to throw down the field, didn't trust him to use the left side. And, you know, Mitch Trubisky was let go and you got nothing. And granted, nobody was going to trade for Mitch, but this is a different scenario where you know calls are being made. You know they're fielding calls. They're at least picking up the phone. If I Get that sixth-round pick. Get that fifth-round pick maybe even if you can. Like, I, I don't know – I'm not an NFL GM. I don't know what the valuation is. If I don't know if people value him like us, four six round picks, awesome. So, anyway, what was I saying? Um, if you know you could get something for him now, because we know what happens when Matt Nagy and the coaching staff don't trust you. Because if you could get that now, like Kevin said, you can use that in the fourth or fifth round to trade up a couple spots to get a guy that you want. And you know, if you get someone in the draft the bar isn't very high for them to clear Anthony Miller level production as a draft pick, as a rookie. So, because especially, you know, you have your guy now, you have Allen Robinson and you have Darnell Mooney, and then you have the two tight ends too. So 
you can have that rookie wide receiver kind of grow into their role rather than what you did with Anthony Miller, where you shoved him in that spot. All right, kid, go out there. You're number two now. So you can let them evolve into a role. If you could get those assets, do it. Because as opposed to letting them sit there on the bench and let them do nothing and you know it, and possibly cost you another game or, or hurt your team by getting ejected or doing whatever in the future, and then he's just sitting there, and then you let him walk for nothing and another team signs him and uses him productively. I'd much rather get those assets that you can use in the draft or elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's very valid. I like that. I there's not much I can say to to you know to go against that, but I just believe I just believe you can get something out of Anthony Miller, even if it's for one year. And you know, let's say he plays well enough to where you you sign him long term, maybe you know not to a to a huge deal, but I mean, like I I just think you can use this last year as you know, a last chance per se. Um, but I, I see what you guys are saying. And, and, you know, I, well, cause there's the, there's the possibility that last chance doesn't pan out and then yeah. exactly. And that's the you're, point you're holding the short end of the stick there. Yeah. So no, I, I get guaranteed the pick, but you're not right. guaranteed a good season, right? You're guaranteed the pick in this scenario. You're not guaranteed the production if you do take that flyer. So, I mean, it, it could go either way. Who knows what teams are offering, but yeah, I mean, if they're offering a six round pick, I say you take that, but, I mean, well, I obviously there are we'll see teams. what happens. I, I, I guarantee there are teams. And, and I would say we'll hash. see this hash itself out as the draft gets clo- closer yeah. and as that starts to, you know, as teams start to make more moves, just like the move that was just made a couple days ago. How about that for a segue? I'm just, mm. um, anyway, but Sam Darnold traded to the Carolina Panthers. We will have a graphic up here in a second for the exact price. There you go. Also, just credit to the Panthers. The way they announced it was really cool (laughs) with the Monday night with the old Monday night football and Mm -hmm. the graphic and the jersey change. It was awesome. Um, The Colts one for Wentz is still up there as number one for me as far as offseason graphics go, because that was really cool as well. But anyway, Carolina gets Sam Darnold. Uh, The Jets get a bunch of picks. They get a sixth round pick this year, and then they get a second and fourth round pick next year. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know Sam Darnold was worth this much. This much? No, 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 no. This is a small load. This, this, this is small. This is small. If, if, oh, come on, guys. I don't know. There's, there's a two, second there's, and a fourth next year? There's multiple things you have to understand. Number one, assume he plays well in 2021. Assume he plays well. Then you're looking at that second and fourth the year after that thinking, holy smokes, we fleeced him. Now that is that. Again, contingent on whether he plays well. Number two, guys, I didn't even realize this until today. Someone posted it on Twitter, and I feel stupid for not knowing it. He's a year younger than Joe Burrow. Do you yeah. guys realize that he's, he's 23 young. years old? Like that, that's, that's uh, look, if, if, if the bears, if you're, if you're sitting here today saying as the GM of the bears, would you rather have acquired Andy Dalton for the $10 million that they acquired him for, or traded those amount of picks for Sam Darnold? You cannot tell me in your right mind. You would have chose the Darnold situation well, or the, the, the Dalton situation. I think well, Darnold every day. Yeah, I was say. <laughs> well, exactly. So then what are you complaining about? That's not a large haul for a, for, no, for I, a guy. No, I'm 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 with you. I just didn't think that I didn't think a team would pony up and pay that much. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, you know, I I didn't think I didn't think a team. And granted, I think Carolina has extra picks next year that they can give away anyway. But I, I just didn't think a team would be like the second rounder and the fourth rounder is kind of what like like I would have I wouldn't have been surprised with the sixth and the fourth or the sixth and the second. But that third pick, whether it was the sixth or the fourth, it just it 
you know, because you know you could get guys. Obviously, you could get starters in the second round, but you get good value picks in the fourth round. The Bears do it over and over again. Uh, I just didn't know a team would pony up that much. I didn't know that the Panthers had that little faith in Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, look, guys, I don't know. I I honestly would still take Dalton over giving that for Darnold. Oh, no. 100%. Oh, oh no. Based where, off do you, where, where do you stand based, on this? Based off, based off where, where the Bears are at right now, you'd want to give that up for Sam Darnold, a guy who's not under uh, – I think he's – he has his fifth-year option, so I'm gonna be honest. Give him up. I'm I'm surprised. I am surprised. Pace didn't make this trade because if you gave up the second and fourth for next year, he's only giving up one of his own picks this year. You know, if the Darnold thing doesn't work out, it's not his picks. You know what I mean? Like, that, I mean, you're 100. And I'm not even joking. Like, I oh, don't. No, no. You know, if the Darnold thing, like, I'm surprised Pace didn't make this move because if this move doesn't work out and Darnold, mm-hmm. and, you know, crashes and burns, Pace says, okay, not my picks. You know, whatever. Good luck to you. So it's just, you know, I and <laughs> which is why he probably wasn't allowed to. I we've seen this. This ownership is giving Pace the reins. They're giving him control. So I don't think I don't think George McCaskey is going down there. Hey, you better hold on to those picks, damn it! Like, you know, like I don't I don't think that's happening. I don't think he's being restrained from giving up picks or making trades. Like I think Ryan Pace has control. Uh, maybe they were that happy with Dalton. Maybe they didn't want to give up those picks. Maybe Pace is saying, I'm going to be here next year. So I, I, who knows? But I mean, it, it's interesting because this does have ramifications. Like I, I obviously I'm interested to see what Sam Darnold does outside of the clutches of Adam Gase. I'm very interested in that because I think, I think Sam Darnold, when he's not seeing ghosts on the field, I think Talk he about a bad play caller. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I am interested to see what Darnold, like you said, he's 23, uh, he was the third the a third overall pick four years ago, three years ago, whenever that was. I'm interested to see what the kid can do. I, and, and that's why I advocated for the Bears taking a shot at Darnold a few weeks ago, whenever that episode was, a month ago or so, two months ago. So I, I'm interested to see what he can do, and I'm interested to see how this shakes out because now Teddy Bridgewater is on the chopping block, and I think you're going to see a team like Washington, a team like San Francisco – Maybe take a shot with Teddy. Maybe, maybe it's the Saints. Maybe the Saints run it back with him. They should. You know? But you know, Gase you know who should. Gase is worse. It's Gase. Gase is Gase. It's, Someone it's asks Gase. who is worse, it's, Gase or Nagy. It's Gase. Yeah. Lesser of two evils. I'm glad but. we're all uh, in agreement with that. But yeah, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, this has ramifications just like the San Francisco trade that we were talking about a couple uh, last week. This has ramifications. If San Francisco trades for Teddy Bridgewater, Talk about a bridge quarterback, no pun intended. If they take Mac Jones third and they say, all right, Teddy's going to start for a year while Mac sits and learns and, you know, whatever. I think that's not as – I don't think that's a crazy scenario. Jake, Chris, I mean, that's not a crazy scenario, but we we should be right now talking about – Bridgewater being the bridge quarterback for the Bears. We should be talking about the possibility that Bridgewater comes to the Bears. We should be, but we can't. What do you mean, no? Okay. I don't okay. know why you're shaking okay. your heads here. Okay. I what are you, you talking I about? You, I thought you meant right now. You're right. Okay. 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 Because, okay. I didn't know where I, you, I, I wasn't sure where you were going with no, that. No, this, this has been my point for, for weeks now. You know, I said the, the, the moment after you traded for Dalton, I know we said this last week when we talked about Garoppolo now being available. I like Bridgewater. I think he's a guy who's got a lot of talent. I think he's a guy who can take you a little bit further than any than what Andy Dalton did when any what Andy Dalton can. And now 
It's just like, man, we're, we're just left out. We're left out. And I don't even know if the market's going to be that great for him. I, I, I would imagine you could get him for, for, I don't know what his contract looks like. I don't know what a deal would look like. I mean, he's a, he, he's not a free agent, right? He, he's still contractually tied to them, correct? Yeah. I believe he is. So you'd have to trade for him. I don't think you're trading a lot for him. Um, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those things again, where it's like that impulse decision, it, it comes back to bite you. And, and it's not just the quarterback position. These impulse decisions come back to bite you every, every single, uh, we have a Super Bowl winning quarterback on the bench. So that was, that was funny. Uh, every, every single position. Man. And it's just like, we should be, we should be, we should be mocking Bridgewater and Bears jerseys, but we can't because we've got stinking red rifler on the bench for ten million dollars. Well, I don't. Me, let me ask. It, well, what, actually, what? too, Nick Foles being there is actually the problem as well because right now you can't have three veteran quarterbacks, but apparently you can have two. Apparently you can have two of them. Well, We're both pretty similar and old. Why can't we just trade Nick Foles away and give Bridgewater? <laughs> trade him to the Panthers. What, let him, let him did, what did Teddy Bridgewater show you that gives you confidence he could give you more than Andy Dalton? Oh, come on. He's so much no. more. I mean, I think – oh, stop it. I, I don't think – I mean, what, like, oh, like what game – you know, and granted, I know none of us are watching a lot of Panthers games, but I, I, I know – the. I know – I. <laughs> I know what all the hype was around Teddy Bridgewater when he was a free agent. He flashed with the Saints, and obviously before he had that really, really bad injury uh, in Minnesota, there was a lot of hype around him. He looked awesome. And I just – what I didn't – I'm going mostly off the game he played against the Bears, of course, but I don't think Teddy Bridgewater – you know, he's a bridge guy. I think him and Andy Dalton are the same tier quarterback at this yeah, point. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say that. You're, you're, getting the same, you're getting the same thing. Yeah. I mean, because- you, you, you can argue who's better between Bridgewater and Dalton, um, you know, and I, I may honestly give the edge to Bridgewater, but it's like, are, are either of those guys moving the needle on this Bears right. team? Yes. No, well, Come on. moving the needle, maybe not, but I don't know how you can sit here and say, look, 2020 season for Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. I mean, these numbers aren't, he, he played, I don't know how many games. I think he was injured once. He was, in, he was injured more than once. That's the thing too. The guy misses yeah, about six games so. a year. Yeah. Yeah. But Andy Dalton's like, you know, 85 years old. Okay. Uh, so here's Teddy Bridgewater. The Panthers went four and 11. He played 15 games. Okay. Played 15 games, 69% completion percentage, actually the highest of his career. Um, Played 16 games in 2015 where he was a pro bowler. Higher completion percentage in that year. 3,733 yards. 500 more than his pro bowl year. 15 touchdowns. One more touchdown than his pro bowl year. Two more interceptions. Two more interceptions than his – or 11 interceptions. Two more than his pro bowl year. Well, I mean, what? 92.1 QBR. Uh, so his QBR was also seven points better than his Pro Bowl year. I don't know what you guys are talking about here. This guy has promise, and we're talking about – like I. He, he's another player, like, you can think about Andy Dalton and the things he's done in the past and, like, what he maybe can do with Bill Lazor and, oh, we shouldn't talk about what he did in, in Dallas because of his situation over there or whatever. I mean, this is one year in Carolina, and he's a younger player who has a heck of a lot more talent and a heck of a lot more promise. I don't know how in your right mind you could say you wouldn't rather have him. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, come on. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about? I mean, sure, maybe it doesn't move the needle uh, at, this, at this moment, but does it not provide you with more potential for improvement? I mean, what, you cannot tell what, me that the ceiling is higher. This it goes, would be higher. This, this goes this goes back to our original conversation. What have we Matt Nagy does what with potential? He, spit, he spits on it. He spits on potential. And granted, 
like, sure. Like, again, I still think they're the same tier quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater went to Carolina. Granted, Christian McCaffrey missed a lot of time, but they had a good defense this year, and he did nothing with it. They didn't. They didn't go anywhere. They didn't do anything. So if it's not translating to wins, then what are we talking about here? Okay. Yeah, what are, what are we so talking? What did Dalton here? do with Dallas then? What did Dalton Listen, do with Dallas then? If we're right, talking about so last the year. year, right? So they, exactly, they're the same. They're the same tier. They're the same thing. He had he had Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. All right, let's just remember that as well. Like he had right. weapons to throw to, and I mean, like they didn't do much. They they just didn't. So I don't know. I, I look. Teddy Bridgewater's just always been that to me. He's always been that kind of you know high floor, lower ceiling guy, and that's kind of what I disagree with that. I, you, I think I think every, I think everyone's been banking on his ceiling for the last three four years. Yeah, that's what it is. That's I, what I, it is. Right when he was sitting on the bench in New Orleans, everyone's saying, "All right, he's a free agent next year. All right, he's a free agent soon." You know, it, I it's, don't know. But I mean, you we 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 agreed that he's. He's just a bridge quarterback. Like our right. bridge quarterbacks are kind of just high floor, low ceiling guys. You know, just I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, would I, never I, say he's a bridge quarterback. Well, I, 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 I don't think he's winning. I, I don't think he's winning you anything. Yeah, I, I think he's, I think he's a bridge quarterback in the sense that the Saints used him perfectly. When somebody's out, he can come in, win you a couple games. He can keep you there, and then he can get you to where to when whoever comes back. Or I mean the. The Panthers just traded for Sam Darnold and they're p- taking Sam Darnold over him. You know? Yeah. Darnold is out by week five. Maybe that depends on who's in the room. You're not putting Nick Foles in over him. So I guess that leads to our next. So, all right, this, this segues nicely into our next topic of conversation. Um, with the three picks locked up, Carolina is not going to trade up for a quarterback. Now they're going to let it run with Sam Darnold. So they're going to stay at, what are they? Eight? Yeah. They're at eight, right? Yeah. yeah um, yeah. so they're not going to trade up. I saw a report. I forget who it was that doubled down that the that the Niners are going to take Jones, Mac Jones. Fine. <laughs> I, it seems like well, I. It seems like showing up to Ohio State's pro day a week from today. They are going to a second pro day to watch for a week today. That came out as news today. Uh, I, I think that's significant that they're doing that. Um, but there are those reports. I think it was Adam Schefter on Get Up who said he thought it was almost a lock that they're going to stay with Mac Jones. So. I, I have no idea, but yeah. So, so regardless, you got, you're locked into quarterback for the top two, for sure. Go get your chargers. I'll fill Jesus. I got to get my, char- <laughs> um, Jesus, <laughs> bozos, both of you. Um, anyway. Okay. Listeners. So here's the situation. We know number one, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is going number one. It certainly looks like that uh, the jets are going to go with Zach Wilson number two because now they're not going to let it ride with Dalton. Yeah, great. Proud of you, buddy. Anyway, Lawrence and Wilson are seem to be locked in number two. If you believe that the Niners really love Mac Jones this much, he's going to go three. Now the Falcons are saying, all right, we're out at four. I don't know why, where all this Justin Fields hate is coming from, that the Falcons apparently don't want him, the Panthers apparently don't want him. At what point, if you're the Bears, are you trading up if Fields – if 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 Field slides to eight to Carolina, do you are you? Uh, let's say it this way: Are you picking up the phone? Are you picking up the phone and calling Atlanta to try to get to four right now to get Fields? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, no way. No oh way. Oh my Dude. god! Do you know what it's going to take to move up to number four from where the Bears are at? 
beautiful you got image. Jersey edit, though. It's a beautiful you got image. Jersey edit. You don't you guys, trade all your assets for that? Guys, guys, you guys know <laughs> I how much Justin Fields. You Kevin, you know you can merch for me that I've been on the Justin Fields train for a while. You've been but, on it since since prior to the last college football season you were there. Yeah. I love Justin Fields. I think he's phenomenal. And he is. And, and, and if the Bears did trade up for him, I'm not going to sit here and pout about it. Believe me, I won't. But it's just more so about I would just prefer the Bears to play it safe. We, as you know, we talked yeah. about these last okay. couple episodes. Like that's that's kind of my thinking right now. I want these bozos in, that are in charge right now to get the hell out of the way so we can, you know, kind of get that new regime, that fresh start. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, if, if the Bears do trade up for Justin Fields – I mean, we have our franchise quarterback right there. Like, we 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 really do, in my opinion. The only thing is, is he going to be able to to get that? You know, is he going to be able to be productive with a guy like Matt Nagy? That's the question. Is he? I don't know. I think That's he's a guy. I, question. I I think he's one of few players in the draft that could overcome that. I think, we've, think talked, so? we've we've talked about you know players in free agency who we could actually say can use their physical traits to overcome that. I think he's one of the guys to do that. Guys, to humbly brag, I was one of very few number of people in the world who got to see Justin Fields play live in person in front of multiple times this year. Okay? Okay? It, you can laugh at it, but it's true. I was I was here watching him carve up Indiana's defense for six touchdowns. I don't know where I don't know where the hate is coming from. I don't know how in your right mind you could take Mac Jones. I mean, and after you know, and people want to fall in love with pro days. Okay, Zach Wilson mm-hmm. throws a ball, you know, falling backwards four hundred feet or whatever, and everyone's losing their marbles on social media and all that. And then Justin Fields does the same thing, runs a four four four, and it doesn't move the needle for anybody. It's still Mac Jones at three. What? What what are we talking about? It makes it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, really, what's the worry? He he can't go past his first read sometimes, and that's a that's some, not even true. It's not even true. So hey, you know what? I shouldn't be complaining. Well, go it's, ahead. It's, Keep, it's recency bias too. It's, it's well, it's one hey, why? It's recency right? bias. The other guy was in the national championship as no, well. I, I he had an unbelievable you. season. He was a Heisman candidate. I don't know why. I know. I, you know? I agree with you, but also it's. It could also be, you know, Kyle Shanahan is in full control in San Francisco. If he wants this guy, he's going to say, all right, this guy can – I can do this, that, and the other with Mac Jones, and I can't do that with – or I, I don't want to do that or whatever. I don't think I can do that with Justin Fields. But you're right. Sure, if everyone wants to just wants to slide Justin Fields down their draft board, fine. Uh, us. Yeah, I mean, if he gets to board, the only – so who – if you're at four, I mean, if you, I mean, you're not at four, but you're looking at the fourth pick. Who's a threat – to jump you, you know, from the bear standpoint, to mm-hmm. jump you and take fields. Patriots are one, obviously. Den- I, I think Denver's uh, Den- another one. Yeah, and and they're both they both have shorter jumps to make, too, because yeah. yeah. the Patriots are at what they're at like 17? 15? 15, something like that. Yeah, and and the Broncos are are they're just outside the top ten. They're if not, nine. Yeah, they're, they're nine. They're, they're yeah, nine. they're nine. So they have a much shorter jump to go. If you're the Falcons, that's way more enticing, especially if you're the Falcons and you get back like Drew Lock. I don't know somebody that you maybe you feel like you can maybe more. I don't know somebody maybe the, somebody that's a dart throw. Even you know like if you think that you're gonna ride with. Um, Matt Ryan for the next two years or so, a dart throw with Drew Locke. I don't know, something that you're willing to do because you get the ninth pick. You still get a very, very good player at nine, especially in this draft. So, I mean, if I would say, yeah, the Patriots in Denver, 
I don't think Miami's going to move at this point. I think they're going to ride it out with Tua for at least one more yep. year. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple people in the second round. I know there's a lot of people on the Kellen Montre. baby. Yeah. I know Hogue did like the kid out of Stanford. His name escapes me at the moment. But David Mills. Yeah, Mills. So there are, but anybody you could get in the second round, toss them out the window, drive them to the airport. I'm taking Justin Fields over them 10 out of 10 times there. Like you're, oh, that's, yeah. that, that's not a question. If you can jump to – I mean, if, if in some world – Fields slides past Denver at nine. I think you got to pull the trigger on that. There's no way. I mean, I was gonna say I was gonna say this, but I just don't think it's realistic at all. Like, if you're if if let's say who's at who's at eleven? Uh, do you guys know who's picking eleven? Yeah, I got you. It's uh, New York Giants. Okay, so let's say he falls out of the top ten somehow. That's the only way I'll be pounding the table for the Bears to trade up. If he, if if the Giants are up to pick and Justin Fields is there, I think you trade with the Giants. I think as the Bears because you have to move up uh, or you you give up a lot less to move up to eleven. I'm I'm pretty confident the Giants would move down. Um, you know what I mean? Acquire those picks. They don't need Justin Fields. Um, I mean, I would. <laughs> I don't look. They, they could use Justin Fields. I don't think they're going to though. But, um, yeah, like anything inside the top 10 to me, I think would, would cost a lot. Um, but if you're talking outside the top 10, I would love for the Bears to do that. But I just don't think it's happening. Like, I don't well, see him falling. I, so, I really- that, well, so then the question becomes, okay, if those, guy, if those four go inside the top 10, do you try to jump the Patriots if you think they're going to take Trey Lance? No, you can't jump him. You can't yeah. jump him for Trey Lance. That's one of those guys where if he falls to you, fantastic. Okay, take him at twenty. You're not. You're not going to run up and t- you're not. Gonna, you're not going to run up and take Trey, Trey Lance. Yeah. You're not going to do it. I. I even I, even I, if you have to go to fourteen. Fourteen is a big haul, though. I mean, fourteen would be a bit. You. you it's only a, it's only a six up, spot jump. You you'd be giving up a significant, not significant, but out. Yeah, significant. You'd probably give up significant draft capital to get to fourteen, especially if they, especially if the person that you're on the phone with knows you're doing that to get a franchise quarterback. You have to understand Fair. that they Fair. know that. Yeah, that's part of it as well. Right. Everybody knows. Everybody knows where the Bears are sitting at right now. That's just right. it's that simple. So, I mean, everybody's going to be trying to fleece the Bears. They know. They're not stupid. They we know. just got a comment that we are talking about fairy tales. I don't think That's it's not a fairy true. tale at all. That's I, not true. And this, I want to circle back to this point. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace know their jobs are on the line here. They know this is do or die. Yeah, you have Andy Dalton there, and they like Andy Dalton, but they're going to be aggressive if they feel they can get Justin Fields. They're going to pull the trigger on that. Yeah. They're, they're going to pull the trigger on that because – they know if they think they they can save their jobs here, th- they're going to do it. Justin Fields is a guy who went to a national championship, nearly went to a national championship two years in a row. So they're going to pull the trigger on that. If Ryan Pace feels that that's there for the taking, he's going to do it. Matt, I'm sure Matt Nagy is going to be bursting into the draft room saying, do it for the love of God, do it, and we save our jobs. Because Andy Dalton is not – keeping you from drafting Justin Fields. Last time you traded up, you got Mitch. Yes, I understand that, and I understand the concern with that. Hey, I, I'm willing to take this. Mitch came from North Carolina that had one year starting. 11 games I, in college, yeah. I am much more confident taking Justin Fields in that regard. Even at the time, I wasn't confident in Mitch Trubisky because of those, you know, one year, and there's no way Fields falls. Everybody says the opposite right now. Every 
Every single thing that you read near damn near says he's going to he's falling to at least eight. At but, least I mean, like, panic. Bar, 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 barring a trade up. I like all, all all the reasonings I've heard for that don't really make sense. Like like and that's I, the I point. Right. Yeah, like I, I just I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to address this right now. Um, second time. Bubba, you've been a, a consistent commenter. And we appreciate you for that. But there's this guy named Joe Burrow that exists. I understand he tore his ACL, but Joe Burrow's pretty good. I don't think in, in his second year, uh, I don't think Cincinnati is exactly eager to say, yeah, that guy, that guy stinks. If they do, if I'm wrong and Cincinnati's ready to set sail on Joe Burrow, fine. I think the Bears should be picking up the phone immediately then in that scenario. That's perfectly fine. Start um, the Photoshops. Start yeah. the Jersey Photoshops. I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, I don't think Cincinnati's willing to give up on Joe Burrow just yet after an injury-shortened season. Um, that's why we love the comments. They give us little, little gems like that. Um, but yeah, back, back to the point of what we were talking about, this Justin Fields stuff. I'm going to, it's worth watching. It's no more of a fairy tale than the Russell Wilson trade rumors. Yep. There you it's go. No, it's no more of a fairy yep. tale than that. It, it's, it's why would the Falcons, Broncos, Eagles, Patriots, Washington football team. Exactly. You had, you would have to jump them, but it, it's no more of a fairy tale for the bears than it is for the Fa- well, I mean, the Falcons are at four, so they're in the scenario to do that. But my point being, you're all on the level playing field here. It's just a matter of how far are you willing to go. You know, well, how far yeah. are you willing to go? Like, how much are you willing to offer there? It, you're all on the same playing field. You kn- you know, it's there for the taking. What would it take to trade up? I mean, it depends on where you're trading up. To four. It would take this year's 20. It would take this year's pick for 20. It would take next year's first round pick and probably take next year's second round pick and third round pick or something. Or this year's second round pick and next year's second round pick. As well. if, it would take a lot. If if you can attach Allen Robinson, though. If you can attach Allen Robinson, uh, which you wouldn't for you wouldn't for Atlanta, that would make more sense. Why wouldn't Atlanta they have do Cal- and Julio Jones? I don't see why they would want it. So, so, you know, so, you, so it's a bad thing to get Allen Robinson? Well, it's not. It's not necessarily the most you know needed thing in Atlanta compared. Sure, but to, but if you're, I mean, compared to what? I mean, what other? If you're if you're Atlanta and you're offered just picks, but the it, thing, but okay, but no, well, yes, well, no, that's what they want because they're they're no, in that yeah, bridge no, stage right now. Great, great, Kevin, that was awesome. Well, listen, they, you, stop it. This is ridiculous. You know where they're at. They're they're not a team that's in contention next year. Getting another All Pro receiver does nothing for you but eat up salary and prevent you from getting another pick. It it doesn't make sense for them to do that. Now I I, do. You bring up a good point though. We've seen the Falcons do weird stuff before. Yes. Well, yes, we have. But let's put this situation. Like lose to the Bears. Yeah. Boom. Got him. Yeah. That's damn right. Put this situation in vacuum. And Allen Robinson is a trade asset in the draft, 100%. That's something right. we should be talking about. It, it is 100% possible. That's an attractive asset. I mean, that that's an asset that's worth a first-round pick. So you start mm-hmm. to talk about, okay, if Fields does fall to eight or nine, and all of a sudden you say, okay, this guy's available, we'll give you a 20, and then we don't have to give a first-round pick next year because we're giving you Allen Robinson? Mm-hmm. I, I think some way have, that you can make I, that happen? I think you probably still have to give up the first. And Most Falcons, likely, but still. And in the Falcons, I think they wouldn't take Fields because if they're because they're going to run it back with Matt Ryan. It seems like that they're not trading him; they're sticking with him for the next at least one year, probably two. 
you're not going to sit Justin Fields for two years. I think the Falcons probably think that they can get an offensive lineman or someone who can immediately start rather than have Fields sit on the bench for a year at least. So I think, or the, or in, in, in regards, then they trade back to eight or whatever. And then they say, and then they say, okay, we could still get an impact guy because someone else is, you know, someone's going to fall. If somebody trades up with you to take the quarterback, then that leaves a receiver or an offensive lineman or a defensive player to fall. So 28 to three. Yes. We know we're not Patriots fans. Okay. Um, That means nothing to me. Um, Look, I, I don't want to rule out Justin Fields to Atlanta at four. I, I, I don't want to do it because I think it would make a lot of sense for them to take a QB now. Um, guys like you don't, you don't, you're not going to be able to find guys like Justin Fields, you know, every year. I think you take that quarterback now, um, you know, that, that, that quarterback with a ton of potential, you let him sit behind Matt Ryan, maybe for, for even one year. Um, and then you, you go from there. Um, I, I just think it, it, remember, remember what we always say, the worst time to, to pick a quarterback is when you need one. It's just, you know, sure. that's the time to try to find one. So um kind of like kind of like what the Packers did with um with love. Um I think you that can was stupid, it, though. That is no justification for that. Yeah. The only the only like thing um is that like I don't know, because I mean, if you're picking at four and you're the Falcons, like it's such a tough decision because you could get a serious impact player. Um personally, I think I would go if I were them, I would definitely go fields. Um if that's if San Francisco doesn't take him at three or whatever, you know what I mean. Whatever the order is, I I think they go QB. If it's Fields, I think they for sure should go QB. Does it happen? I don't know. I just think it makes a lot of sense. And there's so, still three weeks until the draft. Like there's a lot of right. stuff that is going to be hashed out. It QB fantasy corner. You need a quarterback. It's not a fantasy corner when you know you need it. Like just Chris just said, the Bears waited too long. And they waited until they needed a quarterback to pick one. That's just the situation you're in. I should they draft defense or offensive no, lineman no, at twenty? No, no defense. No defense. Right. I agree. Not oh, defense. Yeah. You should go. You need to go someone a contributor on the offense on the offensive side. You need an offensive lineman or another receiver. But the thing is, the the quarterback has been the topic of discussion in Chicago for four years now. And so it's going to come up now because you're looking for that fresh start. You're looking for that 2018 lightning in a bottle, except you're trying to extrapolate it now for over the next five years or however long you can. So quarterback also quarterback discussion always gets the people going and we are in the business of getting people going here. So um, that's what we're here for. But no, I mean, again, there are three weeks until the draft, you know, the draft is three weeks from tomorrow. There's going to be a lot that happens. In the next three weeks, trades, yeah. stuff, people are still going to, you know, maybe maybe Justin Fields has the best pro day on record and, and whatever it he is. He basically did a week ago, and it didn't matter. But, yeah. He so basically if he, did a week ago. If, if he keeps sliding, then more rumors are going to come up. Maybe maybe the Russell Wilson rumors come up again. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh they will. They will. They yeah, came up this week. Adam Schefter went on game. Look, Chris, did you not see what Adam Schefter said? Adam yeah. Schefter, what is up with him? He's got something going on with him. He he went on get up and was like, and I believe that, I believe that the, this, my sources say Russell Wilson will be traded and all this stuff. But real quick before I go, I want to say we are getting jazzed up by the quarterback talk, but let's look at this the other way, okay? Let's look at this and say, okay, maybe picks one through four or quarterback. If anything, that benefits the Bears just as much if right. they didn't take people fields. are gonna fall. And people are gonna fall. People are gonna yeah. fall. That's Kyle, exactly. 
So, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. You're right. Because Chris, well, what Chris is going to say is that's exactly why you play this safe. That's exactly why you sit there. And I'm, I'm for both of those things. And you, this is a win-win. This is a win-win situation for the Bears. You either can go up and get a franchise quarterback, or you can say, you know what, let's sit back and somebody's going to follow you because what, regardless of whether Fields gets taken at four or later. Five quarterbacks are going to be taken before you. I'm, I'm almost sure five quarters be taken before you. That leaves 15 other very talented skill position players. There's positives to that. That's all I'm saying. It's a win-win situation. Right. Three weeks on the draft tomorrow. We're going to do our mock drafts of either – Well, week we'll before. do it next week. We'll, week before? All right, we'll do a week before. All right, we'll do it the week before. We'll do it, so two weeks from today, we'll do our, our mock drafts. Next week, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of dumb stuff to talk about again, and we're going to get completely off the rails again. But, hey, maybe more tra- trades happen. I don't know. This has been Bears Nation Podcast. We appreciate all the comments. We appreciate you all coming through and dropping these comments. We will be back next week, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. Set your calendars. I think I got that all right. Probably not. But we'll be back next week. We'll break it all down. Anything else that comes up, maybe Anthony Miller will be traded by then. I don't know. Maybe Russell Wilson will be a bear. Probably not. But regardless, we'll be here. If there's news, if there's not news, we're going to find stuff to talk about because it's the Bears, and it is an absolute circus right now, and that's where we thrive. Chaos is a ladder. This is the Bear Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We appreciate you all. We'll see you next week for myself, for Kevin, for Chris. Bear down and keep the faith if you want to. We're not your mother.